You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live Portraits, featuring intimate, in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood stars and influencers. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live Portraits, Daryl Kristen. Hey everyone, you're watching Black Hollywood Live Portraits. I am your host, Daryl Kristen, and here joining me today is the beautiful Courtney Stewart. What's up, everybody? Equally beautiful and handsome, <laughs> DJ Jesse J. Hey. And hey. our very special guest today, I was just telling her, many men had her poster on their wall, I'm sure, <laughs> growing up. She is not only an actress, she's a writer, she's a director. Troy Byers with us today. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you. Congratulations Thank you. on your new project. Thank you. I really hate... My ex Do is the you? title. <laughs> that's the title. Yes, yes, not, yes. not. Yeah, that's true. Let me think of what ex. Oh, I hate all three of mine. <laughs> Interesting. And it premieres April fourteenth. Yes, that's right. Through Lionsgate. Lionsgate. It'll be available at Walmart, Target, um, and right now we're on iTunes. All right. Well, we're yeah. excited to. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but we're excited that you're working on that project, and we love seeing your work. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you have been in this business for a while. Long time, since 1968. 1968, wow. and you started out on Sesame Street? Sesame Street, yes. I was yes. four years old. And how did yes. you sort of find your way into the business? Well, um, my mom, we were on welfare. My mother had, it was my, me and my brother and my mother, and Alvin Ailey was our next-door neighbor. That's a nice neighbor to have. Yeah, well, he hadn't become like the amazing Alvin Ailey yet, and he was like on the grind. And he said to my mom, he's like, "Listen, I just auditioned for this new show called Sesame Street. It's for one of the dancers, and they're looking for cute kids." He's like, "You should take your kids in, and maybe they'll they'll get a job." My mom's like, "Okay." So we go to Sesame Street, and uh, we get my brother and I get hired instantly on the show. What was oh that like God. for you as a kid walking onto the set, Sesame oh, Street, not knowing what it's what going, going to be? be. Yeah, oh, I've never heard of it before. What did it look I like? Mean, like, can you go back to that? Oh, I can vividly. Okay, so here's the thing: I had to prove the audition was you had to prove that you weren't afraid of Big Bird because they wanted to make sure kids could get along with this big, huge, six, seven-foot bird. I mean, wow. six feet, seven bird. Six foot, seven feet. You got it. Okay. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> I, was like, okay. I was like, wait, okay, let me okay. visualize that. Okay, so I walk onto the set, and the guy who's playing Big Bird, his name is Carol, he's not aware that there's a kid waiting to audition. So he comes out of his dressing room, I guess he was on his break, and he's wearing the Big Bird body around his body. And his neck, his human neck, is sticking out of Big Bird's body, right? Oh, my God. So I see this man, and I'm like, why does Bird have a man's head, right? I'm freaking out. I can't compute. I'm only four years old. And then I see that he's got Big Bird's head, and he's holding it in his arm like a football. Wow. And he's just walking out like this. And I'm like... Why does Bird? Bird Traumatizing. I ran into Mr. Hooper's store and I had a meltdown. I just started screaming. I wanted someone to explain to me why Bird had a man's head. I've never seen a bird with a man's head. Yeah. Oh my. Wait. So that wow. was the audition. That and you was the audition. Out. I freaked out. And then my mother, she's like, "Girl, you better get back out on set. <laughs> you better perform, girl. Uh-uh, not, not today, girl." <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like, who am I more afraid of, my mom or Big Bird, right? <laughs> right. So I get back out on the set. I do what I got to do, turn it on real cute. My mom's going... <laughs> I got the job. It was, I mean, it's just, that's it. I've been in the business ever since. Now, at four years old, those are usually, like, our first memories. Is Sesame Street based, like, one of your first memories at all? Sesame Street is one of my very first memories. Absolutely, without a doubt. I have one more memory prior to that in which my mother and her sisters bought me these really cute little ankle socks. Uh, My mother thought I was going to be a boy. So that's before they had ultrasound. So she beat Troy. And everything was blue. All of my stuff was blue when I was born. So I remember my mother and her sister sewing lace around my blue <laughs> socks. Wow. So I don't know what that means. So, you know. Wow. But that's my other memory. Your I have. first memory of Sesame Street. That's well, awesome. Be, that is really kind of epic. <laughs> yeah. But being on Sesame Street, is there anything that you take away from uh, from being on, on set from there? Like a... A, a, a really happy moment for you or a lesson that you learned from Sesame Street? Oh, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. The same guy that plays Oscar plays Big Bird. Oh, really? So I learned very early that people have that. two sides. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's the same guy that played uh, Oscar played Big Bird. Can you imagine as a kid? Oh, my God. I wouldn't know, like, is Carol going to be a grouch that's or is he going to be happy Big Bird? Happy Big Bird yeah. today. Right? So I really, I think that's also why I had such interest in psychology because understanding the duality of a human being and that they can switch like that so quickly. So that was a little disconcerting, for wow. sure. And then the other thing... Look at thing you analyze my She broke it down. <laughs> she four years old. Can we go there? I got more. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot. I, I always say everything I learned, I learned on Sesame Street in terms Aww. of preparing myself for life. You know, I had one more story to tell um, about Sesame Street. Uh, Bob was uh, on the set with me, and he says, Troy, we're going to teach all the kids how to tie their shoes. And the camera's rolling, and I'm like... I already know how to tie my shoes. <laughs> the director's like, cut. <laughs> Troy, you have to pretend you're stupid. <laughs> and be cute on camera, okay? So that's what I took. Like, if you want to be famous, you have to forget what you on. know. you got to be cute. Turn it on. So hmm. that was another message to take into my life. So Sesame Street screwed me up, okay? <laughs> Well, my life was ruined. No, it's all good. With so many kids now who were former child actors, and then they turn out a different way. We see Lindsay Lohan, for example, see, and all that's these. The other. Mickey Mouse Club does that. that. Well, they were still. <laughs> that was yeah, that's a different. That's a different. Group. That was Disney machine. That's different. That's a whole other different monster. But a lot of kids don't come out in a positive light after being child actors. How did you formulate your own thing to be able to be as successful as you are and and not have any real issues as you became older and and was staying in the business? Um, well, I, I have issues for sure, but the difference is is that I had a great support structure, a great um, team of people around. I did go off the deep end. When I was like 11, 10, 11 years old, I was having a lot of problems. I was taken away from my mother for child abuse. I lived in, um, they, t- they didn't have any beds in the foster care system, so I went into a delinquent um, detention home. I stayed there for a while. So I've had my journey. And I definitely can say I've had wonderful people supporting me along my way, you know. And my mom got herself together. Mm, That's great. But I had an amazing godmother, an amazing grandmother, and my aunts. You know, I had really cool people. And I still have my issues. It's just my issues never got the best of me. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the distinction between Lindsay and other people that have not become victims of their fame. You know, and And my mother never tried to be my friend. Oh, that's yeah. I have to tell you, my mother had. She wasn't a momager. She, she didn't think twice about 
kicking some butt. <laughs> she kicked too much butt. That's what was taken away from her. They're like, you beat your kid again. <laughs> She's like, I'm a killer next time. <laughs> she would tell them. She's my mother's so bold. Yeah. And then you, you have children of your own. How do you feel about them if entering the business or if they want to pursue it in a longer term thing? You How know, you whatever whatever fulfills my son's passion, I'm aligned with. As long as he's not hurting other people and he's a, he's contributing to society in some way, shape, or form, I'm happy with it. I love this business. It's been it's all I know. You know, yeah. it's been my life. Mm-hmm. I love it, love it. So if it's what he wants to do, I support it. And then at one point in your career, you moved to Idaho. I did. And what was it like to go from being this child star to then going to Idaho in the middle of kind of I would I would picture it being no you know in the middle of nowhere considering you coming from like New York you know oh it was culture shock I mean it was from apples to potatoes right literally (laughs) I went from foster so I went from New York to the foster care system I became a ward of the state and then when they found my father. They said, hey, we found this man who's your father. Oh, <laughs> like, my goodness. Really? And they're like, you're going to meet him. Oh, great. So I get on a plane, and I go to Idaho, and there's this cowboy waiting for me when I get off the plane. He's like, hey, daughter, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to New York. I want to go to New York. <laughs> I was really I was so confused. So it was a little was, uh, challenging. And then how was it connecting with your it. father? It was good. It was good. It was different. You know, it was really different. We, we've had some challenges along the way, but he's, you know, he stepped up and he took custody of me when no one else was really willing to do that. It got me out of the foster care system. My brother, who has a different father than, than I had, um, than I have, he stayed in the system. And as a result, he became a, um, a third time offender and he's pretty much doing life now. Oh, he's been wow. in jail. Oh. So he didn't get a, he didn't get the break that I got. Yeah. So, you know, thanks dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, and my mom and I have since made up. So. Oh, that's great. What was that? Was there a little bit of cabin fever for you in, in Idaho? Because well, that's like high school you, There's age. only one thing you can do in Idaho, honey. <laughs> and it's the farms. That? I was like, what is that? Tipping cows? Like, what is that? That's what my mom no, I tell you, no honestly, cows. yeah, it was the best experience of my life. I loved being oh. in Idaho. I mean, I had some challenging times with my father, but I got to be a kid. I my, my I met friends that are still like lifetime friends, lifetime friendships. I had a great time, but we spent a lot of time at the lake, near the farms slash barns, and uh, <laughs> lots of uh, kegs and partying and oh, okay. hanging out and touching. <laughs> Filling things out a little bit. Filling things out, exactly. Expanding (laughs) age appropriately. Exactly. (laughs) And then from there, you found your way back to New York to continue your acting career. And how challenging was that to kind of get back into the business and you know after kind of living in Idaho and having your your fun time there as well. You know, it's funny. When I came back, I was 17 years old, and I called my agent who used to represent me as a child, and she said. Oh, child actors never make it as adults. You need to just give it up. You should just probably quit now. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I just loved her for saying that because it's like, oh, I can't wait to show her. her. I just Mm. can't wait. And so I just got really creative. And it's like, what do I want? And I went after it. And then from there, you moved to L.A. And you you made a big move. So Mm -hmm. what was your decision in going from New York to L.A.? Because they're two totally different places as far as an acting Mm -hmm. career goes. Yeah, well, I really felt like I'd done New York as a child. And a lot of people remembered me as a child in New York. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a clean start. So I was dating this guy at the time. It was kind of cool. He was a guy that I was kind of like had a crush on when I was in like elementary school. (laughs) 
And he's like, well, I've got $100. Let's take a bus to L.A. I'm wow. Like, okay. So at 17, I get on a bus, and we go cross country to L.A., and we arrive here, and his sister's here, and we start having these very interesting experiences around drugs, which I was, I've always been drug-free because my mom had such an issue with drugs mm. and my brothers and stuff. And so he started um, selling coke. Yeah, yeah, my my the guy that I arrived here with. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a problem. I mean, I've seen where this takes you. So I kind of I left. I just disappeared. I moved into a homeless shelter for women downtown, which I loved. It was called the Evangeline, and one day I hoped to rebuild it. They tore it down, but I loved it. I lived there for about a year and a half, and I just took the bus everywhere, and I auditioned, and eventually I got Dynasty. Wow. That and that, and eventually you got that. That, that is a huge yeah. thing right there. Humongous. I mean, that was the yeah. biggest show, you know, on television at the time. It yes. was it was before a reality show and soap operas all in one. Right. Before we say about Dynasty, though, in that moment for you, what kind of really kept you pushing? I mean, in the sense of like, it, it's almost like here's Sesame Street on. No pun intended. On crack, moving to LA, but that shock of like I'm here by myself with someone I thought I knew, and you know now I'm here by myself again in this shelter. You know, was there any moments of wanting to run back to what you were comfortable to, what you knew? What was it that was saying I need to keep pushing forward and you know to get that role in Dynasty? You know, the great thing is is that I've never been comfortable, so I don't know what comfortable feels like, mm-hmm. right? And here's how grateful I am for my experiences is um, it's because I lived in all those foster cares and it's because I lived in detention homes that I wasn't afraid to check into the Salvation Army woman facility. It's because that's how I grew up, that when there was another roadblock, I didn't see it as a roadblock. I was like, here's a stepping stone. Yeah. You know, and it's all perspective. And I always saw everything as a stepping stone because no matter where I went, I had these amazing people around me. Like when I was in foster care, I had a great social worker. When I went to the Evangeline, my next-door neighbor, Sylvia Henry, she's a trip. She's still my friend. She made sure no one came near me. She's like, uh-uh, wait, uh, <laughs> in the lunchroom. This one right here, uh-uh. You know, she was like very, I, don't, I can't do Sylvia like Sylvia, but <laughs> you get my point. And yeah. no one was messing with Sylvia. She was almost like, you know, if I were in prison, I would have been her. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Although, you know, we don't roll like that. <laughs> um, but we were really, she really looked after me and she had my back. So I've never, I've never been afraid to just keep moving forward. There's never been a reason to stop. Mm. I just, every stone is a step. Just all a step. Mm-hmm. And so then, how did you, what were you actually doing? Like, as far as, so you're in this home, are you out every day just knocking on casting director doors like how did that process like even get figured out for you right well they had uh, this magazine I, they still have it it's called Backstage okay mm-hmm. yep. so I got my headshots and I just did what I know to do I sent it by every day I was doing mailings I'd send like mm. 10 out and then this wonderful woman Cynthia Land from Wilhelmina Models called me and she said we want to sign you we got your pictures we think you're terrific so I Got on a bus. Takes me like four buses to, <laughs> to get, get anywhere, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I was working at a pizza shop at night and as a receptionist during the day. So I had to go during my lunch hour. Mm. So I got there and I told her, I said, I can't stay long. And yeah. she's like, cool. Can you go on audition tomorrow? So I just started going out on auditions. Uh, okay. 
And then, and then I found a manager through all that. And when you got that role on Dynasty, how did your life change? I mean, I would imagine, you know, <laughs> you telling us the story of the buses and the, the different jobs that many actors have to go through. But how did like what in that moment do you feel like when you get that call, it says, I got the role. I got this major role, too, at this time. Yeah. Well, you know, I described it to someone before. It's like dating a really hot, delicious, yummy guy. <laughs> and wow, you don't a, realize he you nice get all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yummy. Yeah, like, and wow. you don't realize that he's all that until he dumps you. Uh, uh, that, that's a great enough. Right? I'm like, what? 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 Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Right, right. I was just joking. I wanted you. I, wanted you. Yeah. I was just playing. <laughs> So when I was on it, I was like, great, I created this fun, you know, I had a great time, but I didn't give it everything I should, I should, I didn't give that relationship a hundred percent, you know, I Mm. I gave it, I gave it 30% and I gave the celebrity status a solid, solid 70, excuse me, 70%. So, you know, it's like my priorities were off. And so in retrospect, when I see what a great, ama- amazing show was, I was like, oh, wow, I was on that show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I dated him. <laughs> you're right. You're, yeah, you're right. right. You I dated, dated him. him. <laughs> yes, you did. I dated yeah. him. And then yeah. that was such a landmark, especially to see, you know, um, your character and then Diane Carroll's character. You know, we a lot of African-Americans didn't see that on television at the time. Right. Such prominent, you know, wealthy uh, African-Americans. And what was it like working with Diane Carroll on the oh, show? Oh, wow. What a queen. What a queen. She's just so regal and gorgeous she seems and fabulous. Like. And what a privilege it was to just, mm-hmm. like, wow, to say I was Diane Carroll's daughter. daughter. Woo, yes. I, I let that translate into real life. Trust me. I was like, I'd wake up going, mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, meanwhile, I grew up in the projects, and my mother is no Diane Carroll. And she's got her own little thing going on, but she's not that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a fantasy to have a mother like that. Like, I don't know, most girls, maybe it was just me. I used to dream that my father was a king, mm-hmm. and that one day he'd come and rescue me. And then when I get off the plane, he's like, hey, hey daughter. <laughs> Not what I dreamed. So, no, I guess that's what happens when you grow up yeah. on Sesame Street. You, you dream a lot. Exactly. So when I saw when I saw that, you know, Diane Carroll is going to be my mother, like, I was like, it, it, I kind of got jealous when I met her real daughter. You know, Diane's oh. real daughter. I was like, she's nice. She, she's nice. She's like, lovely. Like, but I was like. And even to this day, when I see Diane Carroll playing someone else's daughter on TV, I get a little like, oh. It's a little, you know, like, Diane, you're like, I, I like, did this. Yeah, I did yeah. that. I know, I'm I know the Diane. daughter. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I was first. Yeah. <laughs> and then as a performer on that show, because there was so much talent there, what did you learn about yourself, A, and what did you learn about acting, too? Did you, were you able to really see the pros and, and absorb a lot of things from them as well? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, watching Joan Collins and Linda Evans and John Forsythe, I was like, yeah, watch. I just wish, like I said, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I would have known, known to do better because I would have done better. Like, I really, it was such an opportunity to get my chops on, really sharpen my acting chops. And I was just too busy running around, you know, doing something else, so... I think it was a missed opportunity in retrospect, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for the failure because I've derived a lot of, you know, knowledge and information out of that experience that I've taken into my next experience, so I have no regrets. Yeah. So it's again, stepping stone, stepping stone, not a stumbling Find stone. Find the positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And from there, though, you were really popular. You continued to God, act throughout so. the 80s and 90s. You had murder... 
Murder One, The Cosby Show, Diagnosis Murder, a lot of murders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Oh. <laughs> and as a, as a woman of color, um, how did you keep yourself out of that that negative image of certain things that women, the roles that women had had early on, and then you had this positive kind of light of the sophisticated young daughter of Diane Carroll, and then you moving on to these great roles. How did that kind of affect you, and how did you deal with that situation? You know, it was really an interesting juxtaposition for me because I didn't come from that regal sort of background. I came more from that ghetto, you know, take off your earrings and wear your shorts <laughs> under your skirt today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I was raised. So I don't know how I got that polishing, but I got it. And I would have loved to play those gritty roles, too. I just didn't get them. So I don't know how it worked out that way, that I got all these very classy, sort of sophisticated, elegant. Because people would meet me. They'd like, oh, you must have, you know, you've been raised with a silver spoon in your... <laughs> Here's how naive I was. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, what? Who? We all got silver spoons, you know? Right, we all had. Oh, sorry, Courtney. I was, oh no, it was good. No, yeah. that's true. We all had well, silver spoons. <laughs> yeah, I was like Courtney's. Like, yes, I had a silver spoon. <laughs> yeah, this is, but it was Oneida. <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I was, was a like, ten cent for it Walmart. Wasn't yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You have to question if it actually was silver or tin. That's true. Yeah, or plated. Yeah, both like, had tin. It's all. They were all plated. Tin. Yeah. Oh, tin. That's really. That's right. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> camping. I won't ask questions. This is life, son. <laughs> what were some of your favorite shows that you guest starred on? Like, yeah, is, we mentioned the Cosby Show, but what were some of the others? Um, let's see. I enjoyed doing Jump Street, Twenty One Jump Street. That was fun because I got to be with my friend Holly Robinson. Love Holly. Mm-hmm. Loved to work, it was great to work with her. Um, Murder One was fun. Working with Bochco was amazing. He's fantastic. And um, Paris Barkley, I think he directed one of those episodes, so that was fun. Um, what else? I think that's about it. I'm not really big into acting, you know. It yeah. wasn't a big thing for me. I have to be honest with you. I loved really? it only because it's all I ever, it's all I, I knew. I've been doing it since I was a four year old girl, yeah. you know. It's not like I grew up and said, oh, "When I grow up, I'm going to be an actress," yeah. you know. What I did say is, "When I grow up, I want to be a doctor." That's what I always wanted to be was a doctor, mm. you know. So that that is the thing that I've always aspired for. Well, it's also funny too because when you, I've, you know, when you read about a lot of actors, a lot of them kind of fell into it, and they always had other ambitions of doing certain things. It's, it's always funny when you hear people saying they were in med school, or they were studying yeah. to be a lawyer, or they were just hap- their brother went to an audition and they ended up getting picked. Right, versus, right. You know, so yeah. it's interesting to hear those stories of how people found their voyage into this craziness of entertainment business. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's quite. A, it's an interesting journey. I, I, I love acting. I don't. I don't feel like I've ever had the part that I was really, really proud of, you know, like Halle Berry's gotten some great parts, yeah. you know, and Jodie Foster's gotten some great parts, you know, I don't feel like I've ever had that opportunity, and I wonder if that opportunity will ever come, and if it does, uh, Mr. Spielberg, I'm available. <laughs> uh, we have our number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I'm really happy with my journey, and I, I'm not looking to continue that. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I know you... you uh, you are a psychologist? I am. And I'm a year away from becoming a doctor. A year away. So yeah. when did that kind of, for you, kind of transform from, okay, acting, I, I want to I wanna be the doctor that I said I wanted to be? You know, when I just started realizing that as an actress, I would always be waiting for someone else to validate my existence. Wow. And when I really got present to that... And I, I just thought, no more. I, I'm just not interested. I really am committed to being a psychologist. So what is that going to take? 
and I just took it on. You know, I got accepted to NYU. I was so excited, but I couldn't afford to go to NYU, so I went to City College. And um, I just I just didn't stop. You know, I just kept moving forward. And every the closer I got to my PhD and the closer I get to my PhD, I'm so rewarded in ways that I never thought possible. I feel so complete and empowered and dynamic, and I just love what I get to do. Like, every day I get to wake up and make a difference for another human being. In a profound way that's not that's unforeseen by me or them. Like I, I had a client today, and we just he just had this ginormous breakthrough because when he was nine years old, he wanted to be a pilot, but he lost his eyesight in one in his left his left eye, and so he gave up on anything in life, doing anything, and so he's been like just going through his entire life upset because he didn't try, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not the things we do that upset that bothers in the end it's the things we didn't do yeah the regrets so we got him on board today and i was like how do you feel he's like i feel like i'm ready to fly we found metaphorically other ways for him to fly because he had crashed and burned how is going to school and kind of changing the direction of your life helped you even with like screenwriting and just telling your storytelling in this stage well i definitely have a deeper understanding of the psychology and the design of human beings. I think it's something that I'm an expert at, and I'm very proud of it. You know, I haven't really taken to writing any new characters since I've um, been studying at this level of intensity, and I'm looking forward to what what's going to show up when and if I do take on writing something new. But I, I absolutely understand the archetype of human beings and the design. And then you've also um, you've kind of given your new career to really helping people and aiding people and. Uh-huh. With your project, you've written two books, and then that transformed into the current project you're working on is I Really Hate My Ex. Right. So how did that kind of creation get built? So I wrote a book called X-Free, Like Sugar-Free, right? And it's Nine Keys to Freedom After Heartbreak. And the book was having such an impact on people that were reading it. People were really getting free from their past with their exes. And I thought, well, how can I use this to really reach the masses? And my friend's like, well, you you got to write a movie. And I'm like, oh, God, don't tell me i got to do another movie. (laughs) She's like, how else are you going to reach the audience audience. that you want to reach? You need a BAPS, too. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I said, okay, I'll I'll write a script. I'll give it a shot. And if we get actors attached, then we'll go ahead and make it. And that's what happened. I wrote it, and people really gravitated towards the script, and it became a film. And tell us a little bit more what it's all about. It's three girls who are heartbroken, and they kidnap their exes and hold them hostage in exchange for the answers they think they need in order to be free. Mm -hmm. I'll be right up in there with them. (laughs) (laughs) But then what they realize on their journey is that freedom is an inside job, and it has nothing to do with the men that broke their hearts. As a matter of fact, they're actually the reason why the hearts, their hearts were broken. They realize that there's a behavior from their past that they brought into their relationship that allows that particular pattern to keep repeating in all of their relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ooh, and then Lord. your character in particular. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, I think we just went to church in here. Stand some walls tonight. Or I might need her to break me down, you know, like really get into my <laughs> mentals and tell me all she about did, myself. I feel like that before we came on. <laughs> I might need to do some adjusting in my All life, right. I feel like. Look, I'm sitting in my chair a little bit taller right, now. Like. <laughs> and then now with your character, though, give us a little bit more into um, your character in the, in the particular Okay, film. sure. So I play character a character by the name of Tanya. And what happens is after the girls kidnap their exes, their plans go awry. 
And so they come back home, and as most of us do when we're upset, we open the wine and we surf the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're surfing the internet and drinking wine, and they stumble on a chat room called I Really Hate My Ex.com. And that is hosted by Chris Spencer and myself. Chris and I are hosting um, I Really Hate My Ex.com. And the topic is What is the craziest thing you've ever done to your ex? <laughs> That's the topic of the show of the that show. night. Yeah. So they're listening. They're like, girl, we could top that. <laughs> so they get on and they start sharing what they just went through. And then we see the film in backstory. Oh. And then, yeah, by the wow. end of the film, it becomes a global conversation about heartbreak because it, it, we have people from Africa who are piping in just all over the place. Hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, since the title is I Really Hate My Ex, I know that uh, you, you're married now. But you've had many dates in your past. Prince Why do you say many? Many. So, or girl, we know about your past. Well, we know you were beautiful, so I'm sure many men were trying to date you. So, uh, okay. one of them in particular was Prince. And first of all, I'm a huge Prince fan. Do you still keep in touch with Prince? No, I don't. But I am a huge Prince fan, and I always will be. H- did he influence any of this, this, these projects that you work on when you're talking about? Like, Daryl wants to know if you hate Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just no, keep it real. No, no, I don't hate Prince. I love Prince. Prince. Prince is amazing. You know, Prince was the first guy I ever dated who actually confirmed my secret suspicions that I might be somewhat intelligent. Hmm. You know, because I wasn't raised in that sort of academic environment or I wasn't encouraged to be a woman who's educated, you know, or, or to any of them. I mean, that's just not where I come from. Mm, like yeah. my family, we're just trying to keep food on the table. You know, that's really what I, where I came from. And Prince one day looked at me. He says, you know, you really are smart. You mm. really are smart. I was like, <laughs> And because I, I, I just saw again on television the sexy MF video and you just were just that lovely enough you did that, that was, <laughs> that smart that was no I mean just absolutely smart in so many ways so. wonderful well you know it's funny because I needed money for um, college that uh, semester so it was smart yeah so Fred said well I have this video I want you to do and he's like and I'll pay you I was like okay cool there you go. That's a so, nice way to yeah. make some money, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Crawling on couches. Purring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's working for Beyonce. <laughs> She's making millions off of it, so it's a pretty exactly. smart decision. And you're yeah. on your way to that PhD. So there you go. Crawling, baby. <laughs> Crawling and purring. When you were uh, in that transition of into, well, you're still in the transition of becoming a doctor, uh, was there anyone that kind of, how was your support system then? Was there people being like, you are on the biggest show. You're doing all these amazing things, and now you want to written movies, right? Like now you want to go into being a doctor. Was it confusing for some people? We were fans treating you differently. People in the office, or no? I disappeared. Really? I disappeared. I wasn't interested in any of the agreement about what I was doing or not doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just checked out. And my son's father, who's my ex-husband, and we're very close. He was very, very supportive, and that was all the support I needed. And, um, yeah, I just wasn't interested in what anyone had to say. You know, my son went to Mexico recently with his father, and he was with an actress who was also successful in the 80s. And she said, Troy just dropped off the face of the planet. Like, no one knows where she went. <laughs> and I literally did. I just yeah. I knew what I had to do. I knew I needed to get away. I needed some. I wanted to raise my son. I wanted to be there when he came home from school. I wanted to do the school carnivals. You know, I wanted to do all that, and I wanted to get my education. 
If you could use one word to define your career, what would it be? Fun. Fun. It's been fun. Yeah. I've met the nicest people. I've I've had the greatest experiences and been on wonderful sets and I've worn beautiful dresses and I've had the best makeup artists in the world do my makeup and my hair and it's been really fun. What would you like to conquer next in your career? What would you like to conquer next in your career that you haven't done yet? I want uh, I have a show that I'm doing called Troy Talks and uh, the premise of the show is to provide a forum, a platform for people to talk about things they've never ever discussed with anyone before. Like, to give us an example or something. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a girl who was raped, and her rapist was going to kill her, and she had to think really quick on, you know, how am I going to keep this man from killing me right now? And she fabricated this whole lie about how she'd been waiting for him all her life because she had a fantasy that the man that raped her would be her husband and the father of her children. And she actually started yelling at him like, you took too long, you know, I would wait. And he was like, whoa, what, you know, she really did a psychological number on him and convinced him that she was in love with him and they were meant to be, and he fell in love with her. And so then when it was time for, uh, then, then I guess it was a couple of weeks. I don't really know exactly how long. I think maybe she said it was like a few weeks. And when she realized that he finally had fallen in love with her, she convinced him that they needed to go to the hospital and she needs to get a checkup before they start making babies. Mm. And he said, you're right. So he took her to the hospital. He didn't go in. He parked at the curb. She went in and never came out. The cops arrested him. Wow. Now, she hasn't had sex in 15 years since the rape, and um, he's up for parole soon. Oh, my God. And he feels thwarted. He feels that he, he's, he's not upset about raping her and going to jail for that. He's upset because he thought that she really loved him. He's heartbroken. Wow. That's a story. That's a movie. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is where you that's, get that's out like, That's out like ten lifetime movies right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know I mean? So she's gosh. one of yeah. So people like that, and it's interesting. They find me because I spent. I guess because I was a relationship expert on the Steve Harvey show for a mm-hmm. while. I really created a a wonderful following of women, and women find me. Men too. They find me with their stories, and they they want coaching and advice and. I'm like, you know, let's talk about it on the air because let people find themselves in your story. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's teach each other. Let's show and grow. Well, so what I love the most about you is that you, you have a, a clear vision on where you wanted your career to go and you're doing it and you're helping people and that's what it's all about. And, I mean, I'm inspired from listening to you. I want to know more <laughs> about, you know, Troy Talks and all the other projects that you're working on. If, if I'm a fan listening to you right now, where can I find you on social media? I am at twitter.com forward slash Troy Buyer. Everything is, you know, I'm really not very savvy with this. Just put Troy Buyer and you'll find me. That's true. It'll all just come up. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. it's all, all under up. my name. Yeah. I don't have any codes or underscores or anything like that. You're not Troy Buyer in 77. Right, right, right. No, no. Your name backwards. No, it's 82. straight up, yeah. yeah, Troy Buyer. Okay. Well, you are, you've, you've been wonderful. we got to have you back. Thank um, you. And we yeah. definitely want to also promote again. I really hate my ex. I yes. really hate my ex. Which is releasing April fourteenth. Yes. And people can go pick it up again. Tell us again where it's you can available go. at Walmart. It's available at Target. And I say just go to iTunes and iTunes and download download it. Download yes. that baby. 
And it's a fun, fun movie. I can't it's wait. I can't wait to see it. It sounds really great. Fun. And I think I'm going to make an appointment for you to break me down and okay. tell me oh, what I, I need to work on because I feel like I need some help all of a sudden. Oh, right my pleasure. <laughs> relationships. That's right. Relationships yeah. and, and many other things, yeah, too. The relationships are mostly <laughs> Jesse, wow. just kidding. Wow, really? Joke, really? That's how we're going to end the show today? Just kidding. He wasn't kidding. I know he wasn't kidding. Yes. All right. Courtney, where can people find you on social media? I'm sorry. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stuart Starlet. Jesse, uh, where can people find you on Instagram? At DJ Jesse J. <laughs> and you can find me at Daryl Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And apparently you can find me... You can ch- find him on Tinder, too. Tinder. No, just kidding. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm Daryl today, guys. Yes, it's, it's that Friday. He's an amazing man. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Troy, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. you got to come back. You. And thank you for enlightening us with your career. And we t- want to continue to see you Can't blossom. Wait to and see can't more. wait to see yes. more of you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. And Yay. we'll see you on the next one. Yes. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.